This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, Ted here, John here, talking DC United, Washington Spirit, US Men's National Team, whatever, whatever you would like to do, whatever you would like to discuss, you can call us in a little bit, and you can tell us what's on your mind. But first, before we begin, uh, let's welcome to John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? I'm doing... It was great. It was great. We saw a game that technically can, uh, was soccer, uh, and there were three points, and there were uh, there were a goal scored. So it was a it was a real it was a real barn burner. Happy to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy to happy to talk about. It. We there was a there were uh, there were a lot of games going on regardless related to DC area soccer. Of course, the Washington Spirit. Uh, Gained their second game at Audi Field, uh, which was awesome. Uh, Fifteen thousand people, I think, were at the game. Is that correct? Was was I? I that's the ticket total. I, I think saw. more. Than, I think seventeen. I think seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen five. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good a crowd. Good crowd again. Uh, they saw a great game. Uh, more great, better than the game we saw on Sunday between DC and Portland. I think uh, teams actually trying to play. One team at least trying to actually play soccer in that game. Um, the Washington area team. So, uh, uh, great game and it finished two, two draw kind of a disappointing result. Um, does that, I mean, I, I know, I guess they're not mathematically eliminated and, and I think we're gonna have somebody call in to talk about that. It'll be a special surprise. Um, but, uh, do you, um, do you know if that puts them out of the playoff picture? Are they, are they still kind of, is it on life support at this point? Well, uh, their, uh, their coach basically said, this is all she wrote. So I think I think that I think if once, unlike uh, unlike uh, DC United, our, who our coach until mathematically eliminated is is the final thing, <laughs> uh, we we keep talking about the playoffs. But Richie Burke was like, uh, this is probably too late for us, uh, but next year will be good, and please yeah. come see the games. Which is you know I think <laughs> it was interesting. It was it was interesting. It was an interesting response to sort of the games and where they're at. Well, I mean, I think at least you know they, the past the two games they've put out there have been entertaining products. I don't think anybody would leave that game saying like I wasn't inter- entertained. So um, I think that in of itself is good uh, for sure. Um, that in of itself is good for for the team and good for and 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 good for the league and everything. So um, yeah, great, uh, good event. Uh, but let's talk. Uh, let's talk DC. Uh, let's talk about. Um, uh, one nothing victory, uh, second straight road victory for the team, um, which I guess is uh, a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Uh, yeah. They are effectively pretty much uh, have qualified for the playoffs. They can actually qualify next week with a win over Seattle. They can actually officially clinch their their playoff spot. Um, the, the game was, uh, to say the least, not pretty. Um, the big the big sort of surprise of the game came when. Uh, um, Ola Kamara sat was sitting on the. Uh, I think I don't think he made the roster. I don't. I don't think he made the starting eleven. Everybody's wondering whether he was on the bench. Uh, apparently, he had some tightness in his hamstring, and thus was not, was unavailable for that game. Um, and Rooney got the start. And apparently, uh, according to to what we've heard, is if uh, Ola Kamara had been healthy, Ola Kamara would have started, and Rooney would have been on the bench. Uh, John, what do you what do you make of that? 
right off the bat? Well, uh, I'm glad they didn't risk him a Kamara in the run-up if he had tightness and not an actual pull yet. We need him to be healthy for the rest of the run-up. So I think that's fine. I think also with the way we were intending to play, um, you know, there's been there's been conversation. I think I, I think Jason um, Jason Anderson was talking yesterday uh, about the fact that Rooney's defensive work has sort of been lost and understated after sort of his precipitous decline in the last six weeks for DC United. Sort of uh, we're, we're rewriting history a little bit about the kind of player he is. So I think that in the setup that they were they were trying to play and they were hoping to I mean it went exactly probably as they drew it up they probably didn't have own goal uh, in there <laughs> but they were probably saying uh score a goal in the first half and then just hold on to you to as as hard as you can sort of like in the middle of a hurricane when your ha- your hands are on the side of a post and your body is perpendicular to the post that's sort of what the that's sort of what they were going for, I think. <laughs> yeah, they definitely played in that sort of that low block through most of the game, just, you know, absorbing pressure. And, I mean, to their credit, um, it worked. Uh, the team, I think I saw something, uh, 21 shots uh, for Portland, but I think they only had like four or five that were actually, you know, physically on target. Um, so they, They've done that a lot this year. That's 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 their away from home, and yeah. it works. Uh, who were they playing where they allowed 27 or 28 shots? It was another away game, and they won it. Was that was that the Montreal I game? I think they might have been the Montreal game. Yeah, and they won that 3 yeah. nothing, which is just, it's strange. Um, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just, if this was, you know, 2014, 2013, you know, I'd be like, well, that's just how DC plays right now. But it almost just, it almost feels like Ben Olsen has entered the season saying, you know, he after, you know, the run of just exciting, fun, really fun to watch play from D.C., um, you know, the, it seemed like we entered this we entered this this game being like, you know, this season being like this is this team's going to play fun, exciting soccer. It's going to happen. And now it's like, well, then things started to go really south. And it's almost been like Ben Olsen just kind of hit the button and said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back to the way we played. It's going to be ugly and uh, we're going to find a way to get results. Um, I guess it's working. My concern is when you get to a team of a higher caliber, of a higher level, um, say in Atlanta, um, even a Philadelphia uh, or a um, um, a New York and LA FC, those types of teams. Uh, I, I feel like those types of teams can sort of pick that apart, and they and they have the skill level and the ability to to completely neutralize any of effort of that. So that that has me concerned, and it's. It has me a little, I guess, down because I, I just – it's more of a a a personification of just how disappointing this whole season has been and what the expectations we had start of the season, you know, the first two, three games of the season and just how this season – I mean, it's, it's great the team got two wins. They went from maybe they're not even making the playoffs to now, well, they're probably now going to make the playoffs. But, you know, the best now – the best we can really finish now is fourth, and we finished fourth last season, so – you know, my question, of course, is, you know, what's really gotten better? Um, and it kind of has me, it has me like happy they won, but depressed at sort of how they got there. Um, I'm not happy with how the sausage was made, so to speak. So I would say I have recalibrated my expectations here. Um, if I, if it was March, if you were talking to John from March, I would be pissed about that game. I think after watching this team fumble blindly in the dark for three two and a half months I am okay with Ben saying all right let's just chuck it all let's throw everything in the trash we know one thing that works we're good at it uh we obviously have not been able to find our offensive mojo we've tried it we've tried it a bunch of different ways we've tried three formations 
It's not working. Rooney is not the player he was last year. Acosta's not even on the field. So what are we going to do? We have a couple games up. We're still in the position where we can maybe get in. Let's do what we got to do. Um, absolutely, from a long-term perspective, there's no hope in it. There's, there's no this, this should not fill you with any sort of joy if you're thinking about 2020. This is Ben Olsen having a having a it's like a rescue club in his bag. Like he's not learning. He's not having to learn how to hit his driver. He's like, well, I've got this rescue club. I'll hit it straight. I won't hit it 300 yards, but I'll hit it straight. I won't lose the ball. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a results. It's a results situation. I think he knows probably that regardless of what happens, unless he wins the cup, I think they're going to go a different direction just because they, this is not the way they want to be. And they're going to have to retool in a major way next year. It's great to be able to get points, when you want them and and basically decide that you're going to just soak pressure for 85 minutes or however many minutes it felt like 250 minutes uh, against Portland and, and get points. There's something to be said for having that tool. There's other clubs that wish they could do that, that have less mm-hmm. points than us. But I think I tweeted about it during the game. I was like, I have never, since I've been a fan, the stress that you get from watching DC United in the lead is unparalleled. Like the, the amount of time I would say out of a hundred wins, 98 of them have felt like this is tenuous. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they win by two goals, you're like, this is, this is on a nice edge at all times. And that's, there's stress there, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it this year. I'm okay with it right now. And I don't know if I'm okay with it. I, I, I go back and forth. You know, I think there were a lot of things that happened outside. You know, there was the, the PSG, transfer that I think completely threw Acosta off, made him sort of second guess everything. Um, there was, you know, the 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 family issues with Wayne Rooney that caused him to leave. You know, there's a lot of things that really were out of Ben Olsen's control and and, and out of the and out, you know. It's just I, I look at, you know, the excuses of, well, we're at RFK, you know, we have to kind of take what we can get. Th- those are kind of over and that and that's what just has it has me just frustrated and and a, a little bit down. Uh, maybe next season it all comes together. Maybe Assad comes into the lineup. Everything's great. Kamara continues his form. But it has me down this season because it, I don't know what's coming next season. And I expected a lot more this season. There were actual expectations tied to this year. Um, and we haven't had that in a long time. Um, so I guess that that's what sort of has me kind of down on this year, uh, on this season. And sort of watching that game, I'm just kind of in the, man, they're playing awful. I mean, there's really no, there's no cohesive attack. And I look at the talent out there, you know, Lucas Rodriguez is better than this. Paul Riolo had one of the first only clear-cut chances that came like in the 82nd minute. Um, and it was a nice save by Steve Clark. Um, of course, and, and even the buildup to the, the own goal was nice buildup from Wayne Rooney. It was really nice one-touch passing that found Segura, and Segura slotted it over, and it, and it was very fortuitous bounce. Um, but even as Taylor Tolman pointed out on the broadcast, uh, no one was making sort of that run inside. It was a very, very lucky goal. Um, very lucky goal. Um, and it, it very well should have been probably two goals. So let's get into that um, into that that mess, uh, that absolute mess. John, I, I, I have some very strong opinions from this. Um, as someone who was a former referee, and the idea of what VAR should be and 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 everything, but I'm gonna let you go first on this one because no way, man. This is your lane. Go off, King. This is you're you're the you're the rules guy. I'm the guy who just gets mad unless it benefits us. So this is just take it away, kid. So uh, if you haven't seen the play, uh, it, it was sort of a it was a very fortuitous uh, corner kick from Wayne Rooney, a really nice in swinger. 
Uh, no one from D.C. was really there, and uh, Portland did everything in their possible way. It went every single possible bounce it took uh, was leading up to sort of a goal. Um, I think it was Eric Williamson, funny enough, um, on the on the back post uh, who who cleaned it up um, and uh, appeared to it was it looked very close on the live replay. Um, so they, there were sort of two goalpost camps. There were, there was one sort of closer to the ball and there was one further away from the ball. Um, I'll have to go back and look, but I believe the one that they, the one that they ultimately used to decide that this was not a goal was sort of elevated, uh, from the other yep. goal cam. Did you, did you notice that too? I'm looking at it right now. It's a, it is knee. It's a knee. It's knee height on the near, on the near post and the target cam that ESPN showed where the ball clearly had a space. Uh, it was much lower and on the other side. Yeah, and I would love to see. I mean, this is the type of thing that you I would think like if we were a bigger, I guess, a higher up league. You know, there would be sort of on the live shows they would they would maybe try to like recreate that with computer models. I think I saw that once during a Champions League uh, game. I think between Liverpool and Chelsea, where they showed that the ball probably didn't cross the line when they gave Liverpool a goal. Um, so I would love to see something like this done to see if my thinking is correct on this. But um, if you if you don't understand, so this this hap- this happens in hockey a lot. Um, with sort of the they don't have uh, goal line technology either. They use you know cameras, and basically what what they determine is if they cannot see a the the puck as it's above on the line, uh, then they uh, sort of from an above angle where it's fully across the line, they do not rule it as a goal. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, that is a that is a very definitive camera angle for for the game because of how the line sits on the ice. Uh, a puck can look like it's completely across the line from one angle, and then you go up top, and it's actually not. And it can also probably happen vice versa. It can look like it's not over the line, and then suddenly you take a look at it. Um, in this case, uh, the ball is certainly elevated. It's elevated, and I believe that goal cam that they use is distorting the image to make it appear like it's on the line. And the definitive camera angle, the only camera angle you need to look at it is the one all the way on the far end that's on the ground. It is looking straight across. And in my opinion, it is 100% clear that ball is in the back of the net. And you can use the post and you can see you can see bits of the net literally in there. And and Taylor Twelman even had a great screen cap where he showed a, a Zlatan goal where sort of a bicycle kick was an attempt to clear it. And they ruled that a goal. And it's just about as much over the line, maybe even a little bit more um, than the goal we saw against Portland. And it's it's kind of it's kind of baffling to me that 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 was so not only not only was it not it was checked. Okay, let's be clear, it was checked. VR went and said, you know, we're gonna ch- they checked this out, but they did not recommend it for review. And and this is happening consistent. I don't know if it's just it's just it's happened now. I think twice in two DC games where I'm like. In my opinion, the referee needs to go take a second look at this, and they're not doing the check. I don't know if there's been a lot of criticism of VAR about how it delays the game. Maybe that's playing into this, but I don't really know what's going on here because it's very clear from that second camera angle. I would even, if I'm Ricardo Salazar sitting in that VAR booth, I'm like, I'm not the one who should be making this call. The center should be making this call. I got one camera angle that looks like it's very much in. I got another that it doesn't. Maybe that I think the other referee needs to take a look at that. And in my opinion, they should be trained in that sense to understand that, you know, know the position of the camera and if it can maybe distort the image. Because in my opinion, the image they use to say that's not a goal, number one, the ball's not actually on his foot. So I, it seems to me there's an, maybe a couple inches where the where the ball can move um, either which way. So it's it's very baffling to me that 
it's not called. And in my opinion, maybe this says uh, MLS, not only do you need VR, but you need goal line technology as well. Because if there was goal line technology, we wouldn't be having this issue. Um, and they're being cheap. So Yeah, I want Hawkeye for MLS. Yes, I do I too. Want, I want That would be really cool. Well, let's do that. Yeah. I don't have a lot of other things to say other than that. Other than we've got hosed. Uh, luckily, it didn't come down to points where it definitely felt like after that happened where you're like, oh, well, they're obviously not going to win this game now. <laughs> there's uh, well, there's obviously going to be a goal scored by Portland. And like right after they had two or three good chances. So but uh, luckily, not, not the case. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It does make it, it does make a huge difference, right? It does make a, a pretty significant difference. Right now, DC United is in an absolute horse race with uh, with Toronto FC. Now they've got um they've got extra games to play with the Canadian Championship. So um I, I it, DC has the upper hand in that they don't have to play as many games as them. They're going to have a lot of other focuses, um, and they take the Canadian Championship very seriously. Uh, but right now, when you look at the standings, they're in an absolute dogfight with um, uh, with uh, with Toronto, and right now they are pretty much even on wins. If they finish even on points, I would say pr- there's probably a pretty good chance that they're also going to be even on wins. So then it comes down to goal differential, and right now they are. There's a difference of of two goals right now. Toronto are at plus four. DC United is at plus two. They would be at plus three if that goal is in there. So if this comes down to, and I, I think the next tiebreaker would be um, maybe goals four, I'm thinking. So, and I think it's 53 to 40 right now. So right now, goal differential is, is, is tight. So if this finish is tied on goal differential, if DC ends up losing, you know, by one on goal differential, that goal will have a significant difference because that that is a huge, plays a huge impact on whether DC United right now gets a home game or they have to travel. Um, and it will not surprise me if it comes down to this at this point based on the standings. So that goal does make a huge difference. And MLS has to get that right. And it, in my opinion, they got it 100% wrong here. And it's 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 just baffling that they didn't even just have the center referee take a look at it. Give a second opinion. They're just trying. It's like they're just trying to rush along. Oh, no, no, it's not a goal. Sorry, I can see it from this camera angle. Not a like, well, hold on a minute. I got one camera angle showing me one thing. I got another camera angle showing me another thing. Let me let the center referee take a look at it. So Ugh. that's that's all I got to say. That, that that was the most infuriating part of the night. Yeah, well, the second half was generally infuriating. But yes, <laughs> I, I, will, I will agree. I will agree that that was probably the worst. Someone, uh, who was the announcer? Was it John Champion? It was John Champion and Taylor Twelman. They saying, were the two, yeah. Saying very approximate replay for VAR, which I liked. Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the sec. I mean, there's not much. There's not too much else to say. Uh, Canals plays right back again. Does very well. You like. You love to see it. Uh, so <laughs> it's it is funny that everyone in the entire everyone on Twitter, barring maybe at DCU Soccer, is like, uh, Segura on the field again. <laughs> oh, it's all the time. He forces the own goal. It was like right, right. I think right before that, I think there was a there was a big. Uh, I think uh, Roach made a joke about Segura. There were a couple other twitters just going off, and then that happens. Like that's that's sort of the way it goes. Yeah, he was wearing like number seven hundred or something because he got blood on his jersey. Uh, <laughs> then at halftime, he gets changed out. So it was a, it was a it was a weird game. Uh, I, I do like though that you could look at that lineup and you like I I can predict this game is going to go two ways. One of these ways is going to be a one nothing win, and the other one is going to be like a three nothing loss. Those are the two ways this is going to go. Uh, that's just just because the way it was set up, you knew you knew what the strategy was going to be, and it's nice when it actually works out. I mean, we've talked about it now for however many minutes. It wasn't pretty. We don't. We would probably kill ourselves if we had to watch thirty two games of this. Uh, we don't. We only have to watch it three more. 
<laughs> and however many in the playoffs. <laughs> and then hopefully next year we have something else going on. But uh, uh, three points. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Boateng must, is never going to get on the field, right? Like he's going to play like five minutes the rest of the season. Uh, he's I mean, obviously but... not up, up to snuff. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm yeah I mean he he was sort of a depth signing but I guess because of how they sort of have organized the lineup it doesn't seem like he's ever really going to get out there on the field. Um I think he he got out there a couple times a few times. Um I don't think he ever What really, did we trade for him again? It was, uh, not, it was like cash, right? Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't much. It was either some game or tam. There wasn't an actual like player involved in in that trade. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I still I still I guess want to see this team win better. Anyway, if you think John's right, or you think I'm right. That's right. Call Hashtag us in, 202-905-0454. Number up there on the top of the screen. Call in, give us your thoughts on what on the game, and uh, and, and let us know. Let us know what you think. because uh, that game was uh, was pretty close was was pretty close to a mess. Um, let's uh, should we jump into what uh, the sort of uh, this was sort of just came out. So, you know, I wanna thank I wanna thank Pablo Maher, who by the way was in Richmond uh, on Saturday. For the uh, for your opponent, yeah, he was not. He was being neutral. I I trust uh-huh. him. I trust him being neutral. He was hanging out a lot with the Ford Madison people. That was that was upsetting to me. But uh, he got a jersey too. Did they give him a jersey? Yeah, they gave him a jersey. They did. K- kickers need to need to get on that because he they should. Do. He should be. But um, you're gonna you, you stop, John. Anyway, fun <laughs> game. A uh, lot of people there. Like thirty to fifty Ford Madison fans. Jason Davis also of SiriusXMFC was there. Uh, fun times, uh, hugely fun game. Probably like the biggest tailgate I've ever seen at a Richmond Kickers game. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. But uh, Pablo Mayer tweets out, um, sort of asking the District Ultras, who I would say are probably the most, I want to say counter counterculture group of the supporters. I guess why they're not involved. Um, John, you have the uh, the statement up. Did you want to go ahead and read that? I don't see. I'll see. I do not have it up anymore. <laughs> uh, Basically, I will summarize. Uh, basically, the idea was saying that we have a very diverse political um, makeup for our group, and we are about talking about the team. We're about talking about the front office. We're not really staying up current on what is the thing of the day. Um, but just because we don't doesn't mean we don't support it. Uh, here we go. I said I have it up here. The members of the District Ultras do not have a monolithic political stance. Uh, we try to stay apolitical as possible. While we do have many members that lean left or center, we also have some members just to the right. Gladly, we have no fascists, communists, or monarchists that dwell with us um, on Water Street or road trips or in the Chico stand. And if there are, they keep it to themselves or we or we have dealt with the issue without having to make a show of it. Uh, with diversity of thought, however, we all agree that bigotry of all stripes is not welcome in our club. Hate the other team, uh, not the man because of his genes, is a well-known saying that one can hear between sips and chugs of some tasty, tasty brewskis. You need to remember, we are the we are for the team, and our job is to comment on the play on the field, the Jack Ashery in the stands, and the tactics, uh, or lack thereof, of the front office. Uh, while we might not be posting the hashtag of the day, we fully support those groups. Uh, they are starting to taste the leather of the MLS jackboot. Also, the West Coast folks seem a bit behind us. Um, I think some people. I, I think people are saying like the the chants and stuff were the the um, the uh, the posting of the of the you know the Iron Front and all that stuff. I think they're referring to what they think about how MLS handles 
uh, certain you know certain actions. They they've of course been uh, they've had uh, players banned for smoke. They even um, uh, during the first half of of a season when I think one of their fans was banned for smoke uh, didn't chant for the first half and then came back in the second half. Um, so, uh, it looks like we do actually have a call in right now. Uh, and it looks like it's Tim, uh, from Washington. So Mr. Producer, please patch him in right now. And we got him. Tim, how are you doing? Good. Good, good. What, what's on your mind? So, um, I was wondering what you guys think about Hara and Hamid and TC. Who you guys think will back next year? Um, I, I think we're all on the boat that probably Bill Hamid is back. Um, okay. Acosta, I'm going to say no. Um, Hara, right now, um, I'm going to say no. Um, I don't know. I mean, he, he played a lot of games, I guess, to start the season. Um, but the fact that Ben Olsen has now basically replaced him, um, sort of out of a tactical necessity, has replaced him uh, with Russell Knauss, Um, I would say no as well. I think TT's back because I think you see enough from him that you can, you know, say maybe a season in MLS, some stability and some trust that he can take the good things we've seen and amplify them and minimize some of the bad things uh, that we've seen for him in. But uh, that those are kind of my thoughts. I think I pretty much echo. I think Roach has kind of talked about this a little bit, so I think I kind of echo a lot of his thoughts on that. John, are you of the same opinion? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Sorry, I took your argument around you, Tim. What do you, What do you think? Who Who do you have on that list as back and and leaving? I think Hamid will be back next year because he wants to be back in DC. I do not think Kara has any sell on value, so I don't think he's going to be back. I think TT's going to have sell on value if we purchase him, so I think TT's going to be back too. Yeah, and I think I think we're all pretty much under the assumption that Acosta is is not coming back. We could be completely wrong. I think we all thought we all thought that um um God, I've even forgotten his name. Um I know there's a player this season who we completely forgot. We completely thought was not going to be back next year and he ended up being back next year. And then of course he was gone by the middle of the season. Um so I, I we could we could be completely wrong on that. We could be 100% wrong on that. Zoltan Steber, that's who I was thinking of. There we go. Completely Zoltan. completely completely slipped my mind there. It's it feels like forever. I'm wondering if Olsen being back or not being back affects Acosta's likelihood to resign. Uh Ben has kept him off the field likely because you know, he'll say it's tactical, um but also because he's likely not to be back next year and he wants to make sure that he's he's playing with his players uh, and and I mean I'm sure some of it's tactical, but also playing with his players that are likely to, to still be around and to build something for for longer in the you know longer in the go forward. But I'm wondering if in a world where Ben gets fired the day after we we end the season and Lucho is still under contract until the end of the year, does that make it more or less likely that he resigns? I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know. That's a hypothetical and a rhetorical question, I guess. Yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, none of us. I, I think this is going to be one of the most interesting off seasons I think we've ever had um, in DC. I, I'm not really sure what you know. There's going to be a lot of rebuilding. How much rebuilding we see, who knows? Um, but it's it, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Uh, Tim, uh, a, anything else you have to say? I'm still feeling like a million bucks, guys, about Emil Assad. <laughs> I think we all are. I think I think we all are. I think we all are. I hope I, Tim, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the official. Tim, do you have a Emil Assad jersey by any chance? No, but I'm trying to get one. Yeah, you got to. You're you've got to get one. <laughs> if anybody needs a Emil Assad jersey, it's you. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you, I'll let you guys go and I'll keep watching. Thank All right, you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. No problem. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, more discussion about you know what what this team is going to do next season, which I think is is right now. It's it's kind of funny. It's like the season's not over, but we're already like thinking about next year because we know like things are just going to be radically different than what they are right now. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that no matter what happens, no nobody's seeing this team winning the cup really. So it's just like the season will end at some point. <laughs> yeah. It will be before the it will be before the final. So let's talk about. You know how how can we build a team that goes further? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's why we're all preoccupied. Yeah, yep. Um, I'm trying to think what else we should what else we should get into. I mean, I feel like I feel like there was more I had for like what this team was going to be what this season was going to be about. I think we're waiting. We, we are going to have somebody who says they're going to call in to talk um, Washington Spirit. Maybe I can. Uh, maybe we can get into his mind and get him to actually physically call on the button. <laughs> the number's up here, by the way, yeah. uh, to talk, to talk about that. Um, yeah. Uh, John, did you have anything, anything you wanted to, anything you wanted to say? Anything? Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of got cut off before we finished our thoughts on the district ultras thing. Yes, we did. So we could, we could finish that. Um, so we read, we read the summary. Now, like I've said, I tend to keep my politics off this podcast. Um, and if you follow me on my personal Twitter account, you'll know why. Um, but uh, I have been really inspired by uh, the uh, Seattle group um, who left last year, left last game uh, after their capo got thrown out for um, waving a flag. The whole section emptied out for the whole game. I went to a bar and watched the game, which I liked a lot. I think. I, from a solidarity perspective, that really warmed my heart a little bit. Portland stayed quiet for three minutes against DC, which I thought was kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But uh, they're sort of on the front of this, so I'll give them. I'll give them a pass for they don't have to be a bad at all the time. I guess they're having they're having a real fight on this. It it, it continues to be. I think there are more and more mainstream journalist voices are talking about it and saying, "What is MLS doing? Picking this fight with this group of people." Uh, you're not going to win. Yeah. You won't win. There's no way you come out of this where you're better off than you were before you had this fight. Uh, so that's, that's the real, the real truth is they're not going to have made more money. Sponsorship won't be up. Fans won't be happier. Uh, none of those things will be true. All of those things will be the opposite. Uh, so really this is a, this is a lose, lose situation that they would be best to just say, you know what? Fine. <laughs> For the rest of this well, even just as a safe face, like for the rest of the season, we'll remove it. What well, rest of the rest of this year, we'll, we'll revisit it as a group in the off season and come up with a new plan. Uh, but we know we we know this has been applied, uh, you know, in unevenly and to not very effective uh, means this year. So let's just leave it alone. Yeah. And then you can decide from a PR perspective how you want to approach it. But yeah, and this is disaster yeah yeah i agree with you but before we get to that don uh is on the line uh don wants to talk acosta and olsen don what's going on hey ted hey john how's it going guys good good um i just uh, it kind of bothers me um that olsen has acosta in in his doghouse a bit and we'll see how it goes closer to the playoffs but if he if Olsen is essentially using this run up into the playoffs 
um, as an extended preseason to see how their team looks without Acosta. That kind of bothers me. Am I reading? Do you think I'm reading the situation wrong? Not necessarily. I think that that is a way to read this. Uh, the funniest thing about that is most people would say, this is not the coach I want to prepare for the next season. So if he's, if he's, if he's like got a game plan out for 2020, we're hoping that he's not the one implementing it. That's a lot. That's the case for a lot of people. Um, I am of the, I am of the continued belief that you get your best players on the field. Um, and then you figure it out. And that's why Rooney, that's why Rooney's going to keep starting. Uh, you got to figure it out. Acosta, however, if you watched him in the last 15 minutes of the game, looked tired instantly. The man was sucking for air within five minutes. He's not fit to play long bursts right now. He's because he's been, I think he's just been out of it so long. Uh, and he's, his head's still not all the way in it. He's still, you know, it's, it's visible and it's obvious. Now, if I'm him and I've been pulled out of this, uh, pulled out of this team that I've been a 90 minute starter of for at least three years, what would I have reacted poorly? Probably. I think that's probably a normal human reaction. Uh, but now, because this decision has been made and implemented for so long, I don't think they can fix it. I don't think they could just throw him in as a starter next week or this weekend and everything will just be fine and you'll get a real 90-minute performance out of him. I don't think it's even possible. I'll be very curious. You know, for It looks like this team is making the playoffs. I will be very curious to see how these players, if there's any sort of change in mentality once we get to playoff time, if there's any sort of... Okay, we're now, you know, it's winner take all. If they go on some sort of run, could we see Acosta start to, you know, hey, this is a chance for me to get on the field. If I can prove something, then, you know, if I can show something, then I can, you know, that people are more people are going to be paying attention. Or if I walk away here with a trophy, um, you know, some more people will be paying attention. Um, I, I think for all, I, from right now, based on the fact that he is not out there on the field, he is not going to be here next season. I think there's, there's, and I think he is. I think Ben Olsen is making it clear, you know, you're not in my plans. We're not winning. We haven't been playing well when you've been out there. I found something where we've gotten two wins on the road. I'm sticking to that system. And he's that's been the Ben Olsen uh, every single time. When he finds, he, he'll he tinker, he'll tinker. But as soon as he finds something that works, uh, he tends to stick with it. And he tends to ride it all the way for better or worse. So I think that's what we're seeing right now. But as you guys said earlier in the show, like what happens when they come up against a better team yeah. than Portland or They'll Montreal. Lose. That really <laughs> yeah. and there's no offensive cohesion right now because that's not really the game plan it seems. So it's it's kind of mind boggling how you, you gotta get your best players on the field and even if he's sixty even if Lucho is sixty minutes fit, I you gotta think that he's one of the better players on this team still, you know, even if even if he's not in Olsen's plans for next year, you know, John, you, you said that I don't think Olsen should be in D.C. United's plans for next year if he's just um, treating this run-up to the playoffs as an extended preseason. That's kind of bonkers to me. Yeah, I, I just want – I do want to say that is that – is, I think that's one – I think that's one characterization of what he's doing. I also think that there is – desperation in this man's heart he's been trying to jumpstart an offense moving different players around in different formations and has just thrown his hands up and says i don't know i don't know what the hell to do with these people they're not responding to me anymore lucho's a, a shell of his former self what worked last year doesn't work anymore we've got all kamara but we're as currently not set up as an offense with our best players in the field to serve him the way he needs to be served that can change probably but we've only got three games left so i'm just going to 
I'm just going to do what I know how to do and hope that it works out. And it probably won't. And it's not a long-term success plan, particularly at home against good teams. You know, you're not going to play any bad teams in the playoffs. So that's a problem, unfortunately yeah. for us. Uh, and Seattle and Seattle looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. One, four to two in their last game over the rebels. Uh, that, that that's going to be kind of the real test. Sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, John, but that's kind of the no. real test is, is, Will this work against Seattle? And my inkling is no, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be. So we'll, I, I will be interested to see if he, if Kamara is fit. Do they put Rooney in the ten and put Kamara up front? I hope so. It, it seemed to me on the broadcast that it, that uh, I, I thought it was Taylor Twelman indicated that if Kamara was healthy, uh, you would not see um, Wayne Rooney out there. And and I'm starting to think that might be. The right choice. This sort of low block, sort of you need a a sort of finisher, somebody who can get the ball into you know they're you're going to get only a couple opportunities. You want a strong finisher in there, and Wayne Rooney, you know he he might have been a really strong finisher when he's in the Premier League, but he's not that type of player anymore. Um, he's basically on the field right now. He only time he has been threatening is on set plays, free kicks, and in corner kicks. That's been about it. Um, there hasn't been much else really that he's been able to do to sort of um, to stretch the field uh, and he drops back way too much. So I, I am, I am starting to think that we will see Wayne Rooney come off the bench against Seattle. I'm making that prediction right now. Um, I think Ola Kamara right, starts well, and uh, no Rooney. <laughs> you guys keep up the good work. I'm going to hang up and listen. Yep. Thanks Don. All right. Take care guys. Take care. All right. And I believe we'll uh, have Matt is going to be calling in soon. Um, but uh, just to sort of before we get mad in there, uh, just to sort of finish uh, to finish my thought on uh, to sort of respond to what you said about the district ultras, uh, you know I think they could have been a little bit more, um, I guess poignant in their in their statement. Uh, they responded pretty much just the way the district ultras responded, um, and to be honest, that's how the group wants to respond. That's honestly okay. Um, if they don't feel like it's their business to get involved, that's okay. Um, you know, despite of yep. what I believe in my personal politics, they're the group and they can make that decision. Um, you know, it doesn't stop an individual from going out and and you know creating that display and displaying it if they feel strongly about that. Um, but if the group doesn't want to to be involved, you know, officially in an official capacity with that, you know, I understand. Um, yep. So uh, I think we're gonna have Matt is gonna be on the line. Um, so uh, I think we're going to get him in to talk some Washington spirit. Matt, how you doing? I'm good. How's it going? Good, good, good. You want to talk spirit, so so you feel free to fire away, my friend. Okay, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but uh, the last time I called in, we had talked about you know the spirit showing who they really were, and I think they did that again against Seattle. Um, Seattle is a better team. Um, I think that stoppage time goal that they conceded to let the draw, I don't think that was indicative of their season at all. Um, so, yeah, we saw who they were, like, long-term, but that goal I don't think really says anything. And I still think they take a big step forward next season, but the big question is, uh, do they move to Audi? Yeah, I think that's the question um, a lot of people have been asking. Um, it, it seems to me like they are still they still want to be in the soccer plex. Um, I think, you know, as, as uh, Joanna Lohman talked about on the show, I think you see more games next year at Audi Field. I think you see possibly three or four. Uh, maybe, you know, you do one, you know, maybe you do the home opener there um, in this sort of a test. I think the one thing you have to be careful about is if you start making all the games at Audi Field and then you get a Wednesday, you know, say a Wednesday night game, 
are you going to be able to draw, you know, 20,000 people? You know, there's something, there's something to be said with the idea that this is kind of, it's a special thing when they go play at Audi Field um, that you can garner, you garner a lot of fans and a lot of interest because, you know, people, someone in Virginia or someone even in the D.C. area is like, oh boy, I don't have to drive to, to Boyd's, Maryland to go see them play. Suddenly when it becomes, you know, very, very convenient, um, the only example I can really give is like is the is an episode of South Park where like Cartman gets like a uh, a theme park and then he like shuts down the theme park for everybody except him and then he starts to let people in and then suddenly the theme park becomes really popular. It's kind of that thing. It's like you know you you create sort of an exclusive type event, you limited time event. You get a lot of people interested and a lot of people show up because a lot of people plan for it. They can they can see it on their calendar. Suddenly when it's every week. You know, you've got those 20,000 people are like, well, they now they can pick and choose a little bit. So you might have, you know, 5,000 of those, you know, 15,000 show up one one weekend. Then, you know, 10,000 of them show up another weekend. Then maybe you get a big game and, and a lot of them show up. So I think they're playing it smart. Um, I think they've they've raised the profile of their team um, in the city. I think they've had the games on CSN has been great. Um, but I, I, I was sort of on I, I came in sort of of the opinion that, yes, they should move to Alley. They should be in D.C. They should be closer. I've started to sort of pull back a little bit from that and sort of listening to what Joanna Loman said and some other people have said. I don't think they make that move right now. I think you you kind of ramp it up a little bit and see if that interest sustains because if you do five games here and then suddenly one of those games there's like 2000 people there then you know then you start to recalibrate, you know, cuz 2000 people looks a lot more full in the, in the soccerplex than it does at um um at Audi Field. So, uh John, did you want to chime in on that? Yeah, I think one a month. I, so I, I think I think they could play half of their games, half of their home games at Audi Field. And here's why I think that. I don't think break even for them is fifteen thousand or seventeen thousand. I think it's less than that. I think it's eight or nine thousand. I think they can probably break even on uh, on a rent uh, at that rate, uh, particularly because the the tickets are actually sometimes more expensive than DC United tickets because they don't. In the past, before they opened up both sides of the field. It was like sixty bucks for a sideline seat um, again against uh, at Seattle, I believe, or not Seattle, whatever the first game was, Orlando. Um, I think that there and, and this, you know, this would hose Matt a little bit. It hoses the season ticket holders who get to who can get to Boyd's and find no problem in it. And I and I don't want to, you know, it's not fair to do that to those people who have been supporting the team uh, for as long as it's been in existence when there's been a lot less attention and a lot less glamour on the league, um, but. I think that if you said, wait, what we're going to spend this entire offseason selling five game plans to people who live in the city who want to see spirit games. So like partial seal, partial, partial season equivalencies um, and give our give our Boyd's season ticket holders uh, seats in Audi at the same price they pay for their Boyd seat or or some sort of credit. There's there. I think there's a business way to do this, that you can serve both groups well. Uh, and and really raise the profile of the team. The, pro- the the real fact is, as long as the team plays most of its games in Boyd's, they're not going to get the public exposure. Not even just like people going to the games, but the public exposure that they would at Audi Field. They get much more general uh, media press pickup. Uh, Clinton Yates from the Washington Post did pregame. Uh, I think Craig Hoffman also from I think maybe the Fan. I'm not sure where he works now. Um, but putting them in Audi gives them access to those people who have a megaphone that goes beyond the normal group of Woso fans in, in the area. And, and I think that's 
I think that's the way to go. And I believe Clint Clint uh, Yates did a, a segment. He also does some stuff for the ESPN. He did a segment on the team when in for that first game they played at Audi Field, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He did that as part of his monologue. Um, so yeah, and he talked about how much fun he had the game. And he's actually been somebody who's been very critical of of DC um, United as of late. He was one of the the vocal opponents of the, of, of Audi Field in general um, in a lot of ways. Uh, Matt didn't didn't mean to to hijack uh, your comment your. <laughs> your 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 segment a little bit. Um, uh, any anything else you wanted to to add about the Washington Spirit? Um, they got let's see one home game left. That'll be a void. I will be there. Um, playoffs not looking like a possibility now, but um, you know, like I said earlier, they get some help up front. I think the rookies take a big step forward. Yeah, and I mean they they've had kind of a player really step up, and that's sort of been um, has been Hatch. Uh, she had an, another goal in that game. I think I think she had what many thought would be kind great, of the yeah, yeah yeah. So she's really taken a step up. Um, she's been a player maybe not. I mean people knew of um, Rose Lavelle and Mallory Pugh. Uh, I think Ash. I think Hatch is the person whose stock has risen the most um, among sort of the the non US uh, USMNT Spirit players. Um, so. Uh, I think there's a lot of positivity with the team, um, and I, I'm I'm excited to watch the to watch the games next year. Um, I'm not sure how the Olympics is going to play in. I hope it's hope I hope they do. I hope U.S. Soccer does a little bit better job um, with the NWSL sort of the Olympics than they did with with the World Cup. I'm still bitter about the whole you know games with players missing. I think it hurt the spirit I, especially. I do hope that they don't stand pat at forward with Ashley Hatch. It's been good that she's scored. I think maybe six goals this year. Um, Shana Matthews has not really been a factor, mm-hmm. been a defensive forward on the road forward with chasing a game, um, been kind of disappointed with her output. They do need a dynamic goal scorer that Mallory Pugh can feed. Mallory Pugh is a assist machine and so, and so is Rose Lavelle and they need, they need to find someone that's really going to capitalize, you know, Hatch, Hatch has been good, but I think that they, if they really want to compete with the Chicago's and the North Carolina's and, you know, half the league basically they need to they need to find someone up there that, that's a little bit more prolific and a little bit more dangerous yeah uh, agreed yeah another option would be great i mean pew's assist i mean pew hit you know hit hatch's head for the assist so I yep mean, you know there it is you can see it on the field yeah absolutely all right matt anything else you wanted to to add before we let you go uh, nope, I'm good. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Matt, Matt uh, covering the Washington Spirit, huge, huge fan. We love to have him on because we try to watch as many games as we can, and we try to pay attention, and, and he brings a special insight to that, so we really appreciate that. Um, yeah, he's been he's been a season ticket holder for multiple years, yeah. so he's he's really got a good perspective on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you want to talk DC United Washington Spirit, you can call right in, 202-905. Number's right there above the screen. Uh, you can see it. Call in. We've uh, had a good response this week. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I like, I like. Eight thirty change is good. I think. Yes, I think, I think more people are are available and willing to call in and tell us and to tell us what they think. So, and it gives our producer who we who we've brought on uh, something to do, so he's not just bored listening to us because he listens to us enough. Um, I think in a, in a week more than more than most people do. So, Ted, <sighs> have you ever had tangerine sun crush? No. Is it good? Uh, no, it's weird. It's got green tea in it <laughs> and fruit. I got I got one of the pick six things. I was like, I like orange. Orange is a good color. And I grabbed it. I was like, why is there green tea in this? <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if it's like sparkling water or whatever, but it's, it's refreshing. That's absolutely. what I'm drinking this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying your drink, whatever you're drinking. 
but thank you. Uh, we should probably. It gets, it gets me up. It gets me. It gets me in the mood to talk because I was uh, I was talking to my wife right before the podcast. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. So okay. thanks for all the calls too, folks. That's been helpful to uh, to, to get us through this to to keep the calls going. Because I mean, like I've tried to go. Like, there's nothing really like else. I mean, U.S. The, the I'm glad the international break is is done. I I dislike international breaks. I've learned this that I just do not like them. Yeah. They're boring. They're bad. They're not fun. They're just like a bunch of pointless games that people try to to grab meaning out of, and then a couple of like qualifiers. I was Particularly so because they're friendlies, right? Like they're lay of, they're of no consequence. They're yes. of literally no consequence. Well, I mean, you, you've we got, have some. We have some. Go ahead. Well, you, we you have the like you know the, the European qualifiers and stuff like that. I guess we're gonna have the Nations League this year, which. Who knows? Yeah, looking forward to USV Cuba and USV Canada. Though Canada might be more inclined to care a little bit more about that game. Um, so we've got some uh, questions in the in the Discord, Discord, which I'm advertising now. If you know what Discord is, if you're under the age of thirty and know what Discord is, uh, we have a we have a server. I'm sure that we'll, we'll we'll make sure we get the link out uh, for you to join it. Um, Hoya Nick says, which DCU player called my man Quincy exhausting? So I don't know if you had a chance to read the Washington Post article about Quincy. Um, there was <laughs> Steve Goff gave someone anonymity to be like, I'm actually kind of tired of his shit. Uh, <laughs> he kind of talks too much, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Amazing. A that someone said it. B that Goff was like, all right, you can say that. I won't say who it is, but I will put it in my article. Um, I feel like that's reasonable. I mean, like, think about he, he's a lot. He, if he's a lot on the field and Ben was basically like, that's him like all the time. Like the the guy you see and the guy you hear in interviews, like that's not like a put on. Like that is just twenty four seven. That's how he is. So, I imagine say you've lost two games in a row and you're on the road and you're sitting at the airport and you got a middle seat and you're next to Quincy and he's talking about mind games. I can, you know, you got to be in the right mood for it. So yeah. I, I uh, he he says that he thinks it's Fred Briant for no good reason other than he seems serious and quiet except when vaping at three a.m. with Rooney. So that's. <laughs> My money, my money's there. My money's there. Or Ariola, although Ariola hadn't had a quote already in the piece where he's like, "Yeah, he's a lot." <laughs> so maybe it's not him. Maybe it's been proved by that. Um, we got another question. Yeah, go ahead. Greg says, "If we fire Olson, would you rather have a coach with a long history of winning at lower levels, uh, USL or college, etc., but no MLS experience, or someone with experience in MLS or Europe but a mediocre record?" I think that's a good question. Um, it's a really good question. I think that you probably want someone that has a track record dealing with players of a certain caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, so many times a coach is as good as the players that he has at his disposal. Pep is as good as he is because they spend $5 trillion on, on player salaries. That's helpful. Um, so while Ben has been the subject of low budgets up until pretty recently, uh, with about the same level of results, uh, I think that you could bring someone in that's been at a, at a, at a team similar to been in an atmosphere that Ben was in, but maybe was able to create more exciting soccer out of, out of the, the, the Lytle shopping experience versus the, the Wigman shopping experience or Harris Teeter. What can, what can you make with better ingredients? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like a mid tier German club type coach, you know, a, co- a coach who maybe has punched above his weight sort of in, in sort of bigger leagues in, in Europe or even, Maybe some of the mid-tier leagues in Europe, I think, might be a good choice. Really, I, it's going to. I I don't really have a a blueprint of a coach that I would want at DC. Um, I think Jason Christ, I would love to have him here. I think he could do a lot. Of, I don't think he's really gotten a fair shake. He was sort of been top of my list 
um, of coaches. But uh, we do have a caller in, by the way, Eric, uh, calling in to talk about that sweet back line. So, Eric, fire away, my friend. Hello, hello. Uh, guys, I know that the whole uh, game was doom and gloom and it was raining. And I think the center ref actually had uh, – I think his, uh, 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 his microphone actually wasn't working. I don't know if they reported on that correctly or not at halftime. Um, and I think that's kind of what led to them not catching that first goal. Uh, and I, I know Rooney looks like he was just, like, sucking air the whole freaking time. God bless him. He's trying best um, playing soccer longer than some of our listeners have been alive. But um, uh, I am so impressed with, like, Briant. Burn bomb, like like Mora was super impressive, and I am I am liking this canal fit right back. I don't know how do you guys feel about that. I think I think he brings a a defensive uh, ability and a shell. Um, sort of, I'm trying to think of like a player. Sort of like this this would be the type of move that. I would see it sort of reminds me a bit of when Perry Kitchen, I think, played right back um, sort of at certain points in his game. Um, I think the one issue you have is by playing him sort of in that position, you are essentially admitting that you are going to play as as a defensive and as defensive as you can. Um, Canals doesn't have that really ability like, say, a Leonardo Hara to sort of push the ball forward, you know, overload that right side and and um, and and launch into the attack. That's the only it's very much Ben Olsen making a move to say, I just do not want my defense beaten. It, it's sort of the, the classic defense is going to play defense and, and they're not really going to push forward. Um, and I think what we saw is, is Ben Olsen, the team gave up a lot of bad goals when Hara was out there um, and Hara was not able to get back and teams have sort of been able to expose that. So moving Canals there has kind of solved that issue um, regardless of the offensive drawbacks that he brings. And, I and also I think, like it. I think I think that is a solid. I, I think that is. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think that is the right idea with with the offense being as shaky as it is right now, um, because we, we can't rely on them to hold the ball. We can't rely on them to pass through opposing midfields. All we can really rely on, like with Rooney or Ola Kamara on the field, is is some sort of like like swift like Ariola TT centered like counterplay. <laughs> That's, that's what I've been seeing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess one thing, you bring up sort of the counterplay. I think there was the opportunity Portland got, or sorry, DC got, sort of late in that game, sort of came from the team applying more more of a press, like sort of what they actually had done last season. Um, I, I think something that's maybe gotten a little bit lost is, is Ben Olsen sort of changed any things, uh, changed a lot of things, uh, and how the team was going to play. He wanted the team to be kind of a passing you know, build up type team and sort of went away from the the sort of, you know, mid, you know, midline press team that sort of, you know, their job was they were going to win the ball in the middle of the field and then they were going to push it forward. And I think the idea of that was to sort of save save Rooney's legs for sort of a longer season. You know, he came in mid, you know, mid season, he had a whole bunch of home games, you know, they could really run him as much as they wanted to. And I think the idea was, well, let's develop a passing style. Let's work on more link up play to use his his abilities. Um, and it worked for the first half of the year, and then a lot of players went injured, and and the best lineup wasn't available, and things kind of all fell apart there. But uh, that that goal that the the um, the goal that the, the sort of the opportunity that Ariel had in that game kind of reminded me of that 2018. Just you know, 
get the ball, get win the ball in the middle of the field, you know, with maybe the other team trying to push forward and attack, and then you can sort of, you know, hit them fast and quick. Um, so I, I, I would I would hope maybe Benelson has at least explored, hey, maybe we need to go back to that for this year. So um, I don't know. John, do you have any thoughts? No, no. I think you, I think, I think you covered it. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, do you have anything else, Eric? Nah, I'm all right. Yeah, guys, have a good night. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Thank thanks you. for calling in again. Appreciate it. Yeah, y'all, y'all have, uh, y'all, y'all hit us up with some great calls, by the way. Um, really appreciate everybody coming into the, everybody coming in the show and talking. DC and everything. So, um, uh, y'all been awesome this week. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk some Seattle. I, I, I can maybe, I can talk about some things with with the Seattle Sounders. Uh, of course, they they got a four two win. They helped us out by beating the Red Bulls, um, and thus the Red Bulls are continuing their tailspin. It's kind of funny. People have talked about like DC being like the team that might miss the playoffs or, or might fall out of the playoffs. Um, Montreal losing to Cincinnati seems like none of the teams that are currently in the top seven will fall out of the playoffs. All those seven teams probably are going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of what positioning at this point. Um, man, that was t- like Montreal are the most like they, they have every quality that it could be to be like a good team in MLS. And they just completely yeah, crap the bed, so to speak. Uh, in in a lot of ways, so um, missing Quincy. What's that? They're missing Quincy. They, yeah. they shouldn't have gotten rid of him last they, year. That's they, a real problem. They shouldn't have gotten rid of Quincy, but of course they lost to us five nothing, and that pretty much doomed their playoff chances in that week. But they just they have these like where like every they have these games where they start playing well and everybody's like okay yeah yeah I think they're good. Basically they they've just been solely reliant on uh, Ignacio Piatti to do things for him, and then it's just completely falling apart. Um, What's that like? What's that like to have your offense run through one or two players and have them not be good anymore? Uh, I think it's. I think Piotti's been injured. I think has been the problem. I don't think he's actually been out there very much on the field. So they've been relying oh. on. They, they they got Maxi Arudi as sort of to be that player, and Maxi Arudi sort of you know he was gr- good in Dallas. He was pretty consistent in Dallas, and now he's just turned into like basically what he was for Portland, which is just inconsistent. He has like one or two games where he'll score goals. And then he won't do anything. But um, uh, back to the back to the focus of the conversation. Uh, Seattle uh, beat the Rebels four to two. Um, pretty much ran them off the field. Um, I don't think uh, New York was ever really in this game. I think New York had uh, a comeback, sort of. They tried to mount sort of a comeback, and then Seattle said nope. Um, so this is going to be a, a very very different. Um, a very very different uh, type of game, I think for for DC compared to Portland. Uh, this is, this is a very skilled team. You've got, you know, really, uh, really Diaz who has, you know, continues to be one of the star attackers in the league. It, it's almost kind of funny though, because Seattle, they used to be like the talk of the league. They were always the the team that was challenging that top spot. They've quietly sort of been still very, very good. In my opinion, I, I have to look at where they are, like in the Western standings. Cause I'm pretty much, I think LAFC has kind of just sucked every single Western team regardless of how good they are, has just gotten gotten kind of like sucked up um, by the fact of how good LAFC has been. Uh, they've just, LAFC has just kind of cruised through and, and nothing's really, nothing's really gotten through that point. They're actually second in the Western Conference. So this is, if, if you wanted a test as to whether this team is actually good or not, or whether this team can actually compete, um, this is going to be, this is going to be sort of your test for, for DC. Um, and uh, they need three points out of this game. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we're going to pass that test. You don't. I got a. I got a, I got a real. The only good thing is they got to play Dallas on Wednesday, 
And Dallas has been very bad, so they're not going to have to start a first a first a first choice lineup on Wednesday. So that is a strike. That's like a half strike for DC. That they don't. That, but however, we're just chilling at home for 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 six days. So that's a benefit for us. So hopefully, they at least start a few of their good players and they play them at least 85 minutes, 87 to 75, 80 minutes so that on Saturday, Saturday, they're a little more tired. But Well, I mean, I guess the, the benefit for them is right now is they are, they're, they're fighting for holding on to that second spot behind Minnesota United, United FC and Real Salt Lake. Who saw that, you know, what, three or four weeks ago, uh, that being your, your top four in the Western conference. Um, but, uh, so yeah, they got the game on Wednesday. I, I think that'll they'll still have to take that game seriously. They can't just completely write it off. Um, yes, but FC Dallas are bad, but FC Dallas are still a talented team that's just not playing well at this point. Um, and they can punish you. Um, they can punish you dearly. Um, I think they struggle. They've been really struggling against sort of just bad teams, and they sort of have played up against good teams. So um, I wouldn't be so easy to write off that they can just, like, you know, throw out whoever they want and – you know, take the result, but then go to DC. And also, you know, as as I've talked about before, games against your conference opponents matter more. So they might take the game on Wednesday a little more seriously than the game they take on Saturday, because of those how important those conference opponents are. Um, and they can win that game. Our Minnesota, I think, our Minnesota United playing that Wednesday as well. This might be like a game in hand situation for them, where if they win this game, you know, then they can sort of reassert themselves. So that that might be a pretty important game for them. Minnesota is not playing on Wednesday. Yeah, so I mean, this is sort of this. I think this will be probably like a game in hand for them. So it's a chance to, to get some separation um, and to you know, sort of kind of try to lock in that second uh, place in the Eastern in the Western Conference, I should say. Um, but I mean, they're still a really good team. They got Jordan Morris, who's who's back from uh, international break um, and started. Uh, they've got Diaz. They've got Lodera. I mean, they're they're basically the same team they've always been. They're very very quick attacking, very very skillful, um, and. DC's gonna have to be careful. I mean, the real quiet question is: you don't want to give up an early goal to this team because they will bury you, and they'll bury you quickly. Um, so well, you know that's certainly not a weak spot for us. Oh yeah, so that's good. <laughs> well, they've been really <laughs> good about it the past few weeks, not giving up an early goal. We'll see what happens. I that's don't know. true, but we're at home now against a good team, so this is this is where it's going to happen if it happens. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's let's make some predictions about this. I feel like we may be on different sides of this one. Yeah, it might you might you, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> what do, what All do you right. got? You go first. Uh, I predict an early goal given up. Uh, I predict a two-one loss. Uh, Seattle wins uh, and does not necessarily crush us up uh, for the playoffs, but it certainly gives us no confidence at all to, to excel. I think we beat. I think we will we'll beat the Red Bulls in, in, a, in a somewhat fool's gold situation, uh, and then we'll beat Cincinnati, like same situation. Well, even though they beat Montreal last week, and then we'll get go into the buzzsaw and play probably the who will we play there? The fifth seed. The fifth yeah, seed, the, yes. Or the fourth, who is it? Uh, the, so the fifth seed right now would be um, would be Toronto. Would be, is the fifth seed right now? But yeah, we, we if we finish fourth, we 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 play the fifth seed. Is if that's what you're referring to? Yeah. Well, I think we could maybe beat Toronto in a one in a one off game. I think yeah. it's possible we get further than last year, which is hilarious, considering <laughs> this team is worse than last year definitively. Um, but yeah, I think I think we lose against Seattle. Seattle's too good, and they're and they're kind of flying high right now. I think. I, I, you know what? I, I, I really don't know what to think. I, I don't know where to go with this game. I, I feel like I could go like five different ways. I, I think it's going to be kind of similar to what we've seen in a lot of these games. It's going to be, it's going to be if they can hold on, if they don't give up the early goal, if they don't, um, you know, if they don't concede early, if they don't get buried early, then I think they stand a chance of sort of nicking a goal. They are going to be at home, which in theory, 
in theory should be good and especially with a team traveling uh, cross country uh, that tends to usually bode well with you know MLS's travel situations and lack of you know charter flights and, and all that all that good stuff um, especially a team playing on a midweek um, a midweek game uh, should be pretty important oh I don't know uh, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go two one DC win you know what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this this restarts the fire. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty game. I think they, I think they managed to figure out a way. They, they get a goal early. They and then uh, Seattle scores second half, and then they get a goal late, and um, basically uh, send this uh, send Audi Field into euphoria and completely fix everything regarding. Um, there we go. Ben yeah. in. Ben Olsen in. Ben Olsen in. Win a, win a game ago. Um, yeah. Quick thing before we close the show, Wayne Rooney was in an interview before the game uh, against Portland and basically reiterated his concern about the fact that not taking charters is stupid, uh, but then also said that American players are underpaid, tragically so. I assume he's talking all about a lot of his teammates that he knows how much they make. Ariola would probably be one that sticks out. Bill Hamid would probably be another as he looks at their salary and looks at their contribution. Uh, so that was cool of him to do. Again, we talked about this as after he announced he was leaving and got a little – when he got spicy about the refereeing and then also the the charters is that he can still say whatever he wants. He's not here for yeah. that much longer. And the fact that if he continues to use his platform to speak out on behalf of his teammates, that's a very cool move on his part. And I support it. Yeah. Keep doing it, Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important. It, I, I thought it was great of him to say they deserve to be paid more because I think the market value and how MLS values, how, how much value they place on their players affects, you know, perception abroad. I think if they, if they just increase, if they can get a little bit better of a market share, and it also it, it affects um, it affects how much European teams are willing to pay. They they want you know ten million for somebody uh, like uh, Paul Ariola, but a European club looks at it and say, well, you're only paying him you know five hundred thousand dollars a game, you know five hundred thousand dollars a season. You're not paying him enough that we think he's worth ten million, and and we don't we don't understand why you want that much for him. So I, I think there's a huge disconnect. Um, and, and my hope is also that they change some things with how much MLS teams get, because I think that'll make, you know, rather than DC thinking they need 10 million for your they think, well, we need 8 million. So I'll be curious to see how the perception of a selling league sort of plays into that, whether we see some things get a little bit easier. Maybe there's a, a time frame. If a player has been with you, you know, two seasons and you sell him, then you get full hundred percent of the profits or something like that. So, um, one more thing too, uh, along those similar lines about the, something, Taylor Trollman said before the game uh, was talking about how he's hearing more and more that they're really going to loosen the reins on uh, salary cap and the teams at the top will be able to spend what they want to spend for the most part. And for him, John Champion agreed, is that that allows you to build a league of heroes and villains, your man cities of the of the world who are, who are spending all of the money but are still beat by the Norwiches of the world. Um, I think there's something to be said for that. Um I, I just don't I, don't I I can't really resolve how I feel about it as a team who is decidedly in the middle class of MLS. I don't know exactly how I feel about really letting those teams at the top just spend to their heart's content. Uh, it will increase pressure on owners in the middle to spend. Like if we know that everyone else there out there is doing that, the there will be fans will be much more apt to I mean, we already are, but we even more so like you got to compete. If you're not competing. Why am I spending money? Yeah, uh, there's a lot more of that sort of direct market pressure that you might get. And I think I think it's a more of it's more of a you have all these owners coming in. 
Um, owners, you know, I, the LA Galaxy have been on this boat for years. They, they want to be able to spend whatever the hell they want to bring in who they want. Um, they wanted to force MLS to create a rule that would allow them to keep Giovanni Dos Santos. Um, so they're constantly pushing this the, the limit on on what you know what what you want and how much you should spend. And I think also you know they have maybe some more allies in the league. Uh, I mean, I imagine Seattle probably fits into that description. They want to be able to spend what they want. Um, Atlanta certainly does. They want to you know be able to spend everything. They 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 do not want to be cheap or, or develop in, in any capacity. So I, and I would say possibly uh, Robert Kraft could fit into that category as well as somebody who would want to spend whatever he wants. Um, he's, uh, it seems to me when he gets, he has these like little spurts where it seems like he cares. So I think there's a little bit more push now where like, we need to start, you know, raising the level, raising the bar. We need to start being able to compete with Liga MX because right now we're just getting run off the table. The League's Cup final, which I didn't even I don't I can't remember who won. I don't think I even really watched it. Atlanta. What was, no, that was the Champions Cup. That was the oh, Campeones sorry, Cup. Sorry, too many cups. There. Yeah, okay. I know too many cups. The League's Cup, but the the actual League's Cup, they're looking at expanding this. I'm wondering if that's gonna be kind of the rollout to okay, now we're gonna now we're gonna, you know, it's a we're still having a salary cap, but now it's a you know, fifteen million dollar salary cap or a twenty million dollar salary cap. We'll see. The, the CBA, I think, is going to be a, uh, a junction point for the league and, and kind of where it stands and where it thinks it can be. So um, I guess with that, uh, I guess we'll wrap up the show. Uh, thank you all so much for the calls. Thank you all for jumping in, contributing, listening. You guys were awesome this week. Uh, thank you to everyone who called in. You guys helped kind of make the show keep growing. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep, uh, keep hitting the line. Yep, please do that. Also, uh, for, uh, an ad for our Patreon. Check it out if you haven't done so. If you want to give to the show, patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. If you want to help the show out and don't have any money to throw at us, that's fine. If you want to leave a, a, a review about the podcast on iTunes, that can help us out. I don't necessarily know what that will do yet. I think that's like a long down the road uh, benefit. But uh, in the meantime, if you're listening to us and like us, uh, let us know and tell us, you know, Tell us why. Tell us which one is of us is usually right by using uh, hashtag John's right or hashtag Ted's right in the comments, and we'll read it out on the show. Yeah, we will definitely do that. And also, um, uh, yeah, tell your friends about us too. Tell your friends, hey, I heard this great podcast with DC. If, if maybe they don't like the coverage that DC gets, they're fed up with Flow Sports, and they want you know some people who are going to be <laughs> us real. Too. We are also <laughs> fed up with Flow Sports. <laughs> we are fed up. They finally got an Android app. I forgot to mention this. They oh my god, oh, they got wow. an Android app. They finally got an Android app. It's so basic. All it does is live streams. I'm very disappointed and upset about that. But I'll save that for another show. I think we've done enough. But yes, they finally have an Android app after like four months. And I thought maybe I'd missed it, but then I literally looked and like I had gone to the Play Store, looked at it. And it was there and it said new Android app to watch flow sports. And I'm like, why doesn't the team broadcast this? Why don't I hear about this on flow? It's anyway, I could go on about it, but um, anyway, thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys are all legends and uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos.